I just really want some money. Is that so bad? Yeah. Well, you go for money. Okay, let's take Dustin Don. You go from mo- robbing a bank. You get money in this briefcase. You go across the border. Vampires. Just as a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Don't worry about that. Notes about the spoiled series are going to be at the, inside the description. Welcome to the very first epi- official episode of the Gaming Theater Podcast. Episode 1. What is a legendary artifact, or a legendary creature in storytelling for that matter? Alright, but before we hike, uh, get right into this, let's make a stop at the Magical Merch Booth. Alright, here we are at the Magical Merch Booth. And since it's been really empty... Um, and it's our first episode. It kind of is empty here. I mean, there's still my friends over here from uh, Gaming Theater Presents. Honestly, introduce yourself to these guys. All right, so let's introduce each other. My name is Leo, the Geek Scorpio, and I'll be your host on this magical journey down these uh, Gaming Theater podcasts. I am Moontastical, and I, you have probably heard me many times in many episodes, and I'm happy to... Fill your ears with the worms of knowledge. Uh, I'm Zombie Hand, and I've been with gaming theater since the beginning. Possibly known best as Marl in our Chrono Trigger playthrough. Um, And eventually Prim in Secret of Mana and in several other things uh, I'll be taking part in. And my name is Ben um, L. Penguin. I am the uh, recently added Chicano of this podcast in group. Um, so I'm actually not quite sure some of the people have named so far because I haven't quite familiar myself with the those characters. Do, do you guys remember what my guys people have voiced actual names? No. Um, no, not really. The ones with the actual names haven't come up yet for the most part, but we'll get to that anyway. The, in fact, the only thing we really have here is at the magical merch booth is the fact that we have this one pamphlet. So if you got to see what our stuff was far before we started with this podcast, check out Gaming Theater Presents on YouTube, and the link will also be in the description. But now, let's get Ooh. back to the show. So today, our big topic is what is a legendary artifact or legendary creature in storytelling? Now, originally, we did uh, what is a legendary creature in gaming, and we'll still touch on to some of those subjects for it. Um, if you guys haven't seen those episodes uh, for our podcasters out, out there who have just you know been listening, that's fine. You don't need to watch it just to get the heads up. So if I was to ask everyone here, when someone says this is a legendary artifact, what is the first artifact that comes to to mind for you? To me, honestly, the spear of um, God, spear of destiny. Ah, the spear of destiny, the spear of Lungites. That's a good one. Almost said the spear of David. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think <laughs> uh, for me, I actually think it's King Arthur's sword. All right, Ben. Um, oddly enough, the first one that came to mind was a. Uh... The Holy Grail. Nice. And those two kind of work hand-to-hand. Uh, that'll be discussed in a later episode, but yeah. were, uh, later episode of uh, Legendary Artifacts. But we'll get to those. <laughs> we do a lot of work on those ones, and they just keep coming up, but that's fine. 
So with this, um, the legendary artifact, by an artifact by its definition, is any object that has cultural significance. Now, we'll start with artifacts first, and then after that we'll get into the legendary creatures later on this episode. So with that, an artifact is with cultural significance. So it doesn't necessarily have to be important, it just has to be tied in with that culture. Now the definition of a word that's legendary is anything that has... Ba uh, that's basically anything remarkable enough to be famous or very well known. So if you have a legendary artifact, it's something that's famous, super well known, and it's an object that you're going to have. And for, as if anybody knows, this is for gaming theater's purposes, it doesn't have to be real. It could be an imaginary. But artifacts have been around for ever since storytelling has been a thing. Um, no matter how long ago storytelling is, Storytelling is just an option that people have been doing for society for I since the beginning. And with those, I think story those stories are ones that keep carrying over. And storytelling can be done in film, books, um, and video games like our objects were. So if the stories are, are passed on and led, and artifacts are put into those stories, the artifact takes almost a significant straight uh, significant meaning behind itself. At least that's where sort of my thoughts on that goes. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's, I feel like that, you know, taking the two meanings and pushing, the, like, smishing them together. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that makes sense. There's initially just like any sort of item where you just sort of reference and people were like, oh, snap, I know what you're talking about. But like, yeah. Because now I'm just thinking just like fire swords. Mm -hmm. We smush them together. So like, let's break that down a little bit for you. So when you're talking about uh, storytelling for that, you're really just sort of uh, just adding it. Sometimes they're added for flavor. For example, those fire swords that you mentioned, um, there was a deity in, um, oh, what is his name? He's the one that starts Ragnarok. Steyr? Steyr? Uh, okay. Who's knowledgeable in Norse mythology? Mm. Actually, hold up. We have computers. I used to be a lot, <laughs> I used to be a lot more knowledgeable in Norse mythology. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole episode on flaming swords. How did I not remember those notes? Give me a second here. You had a whole episode. I just made the episode and I just forgot where I put all the information. There we go. Okay, so. Suter. Suter, that's his name. Okay, so. Suter is from a uh, Jotun that's from uh, Norse mythology, and one of the things he does is that when he brings about Ragnarok, he will use a flaming sword on on there. So the thing is that if we have a sword that's on fire, who's not going to notice a sword on fire? <laughs> that's true. Like, it's like, hey, we have this giant beast and monster that's going to uh, to destroy all of the world. Uh, let's have him have a sword on fire. That just sounds super cool. Let's do this. I'm honestly, my mind more just went to like how to train your dragon on how mm -hmm. the dude literally made a sword on fire. Just like, no, it's here to just kind of make a statement. Look, wee. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's that's scary. That is a <laughs> scary thing to just wh whip around. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of a short part of that, but like swords that are on fire is a thing that we've experienced as human uh, human beings currently, and. Swords on fire has basically been oh, with the 
caveat in the warning of don't do this. It's a very, very stupid idea. Because to get a sword on fire, you basically take a sword, you cover it in oil, and then you light the whole thing on fire. Yeah, you look super impressive, but oil falls and you'll burn yourself. That's just what it does. But impressive. No one's going to mess with you on that one. It's like, listen, this is cool, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like, swords being on fire have been all the way back since uh, the are in Genesis. Um, because, uh, so the Archangel Uriel, who's the one who locks down, who basically kicks everybody out of, uh, oh, after they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. So Uriel puts a sword on fire as the, as the lock and door and key there. Just, all right, you guys can't come in. Well, what if we sword on fire sets it up next to the door? All right. I'll take that as a no. We'll move on with this. Um, but yeah, so these things take legends. Now, certain legends get sort of twisted and such. Um, the Holy Grail and the Spirit of Longinus, or uh, the Spirit of Destiny, have two kind of interesting meanings for it. But the Holy Grail is kind of a fun one. Um, if you have studied theology, especially in Catholicism or any of the Christianity ones, um, there's the Last Supper. Um, one of the big things that Jesus does while he's there is to teach people how to do the sacrament which anyone who's gone to church would have to go through the sacrament every time they go there, right? Right. It's a base story thing in Christianity. That's about it. Um, but because it's tied in with a, such a famous person, it uh, with uh, Jesus, it gets a life and a legend all of its own. It's kind of a thick one, too. You see the, uh, the grail come up in Arthurian legend, um, and then you see it again in, like, other stories, uh, there's an anime that the, uh, that's with that, the Holy Grail. <laughs> oh, what is Fate's it? Day uh, Night? Fate's Day Night, yes. But then you have stuff like, um, but you also have Indiana Jones. The, there's a whole movie for the third film on that is just the Holy Grail. So we just sort of keep moving these items along as they go. Which Indiana Jones film do people just refuse to acknowledge? Is it the second one? Uh, depends on your flavor. Uh, the second one is the one that they refuse to acknowledge. Crystals. The item on that one is, um, oh no, that's uh, the, the Shankara fourth one, stones. I think is The fourth one's the crystal skull. And that's the other one that people refuse. It's kind of like uh, the Uncharted games. The odd number ones are, are you have Uncharted 1, yeah. it's all right. Uncharted 2 is amazing. Uncharted 3. I mean, it depends. Some people <laughs> still say, uh, we can get into that later. Some yeah. people still say Uncharted 3 is their favorite. They're <laughs> they're wrong but... <laughs> anyway yeah and so i did by the way it um because i went through uncharted with um with yourself Samiad, and it kind of was like giddy when i found out what happened at the end luckily this is a spoiler heavy highlight so i can just say what it is where what el dorado uh, remember oh uh, the, the second one no the first one el dorado oh uh-huh because el dorado is a city made of gold but that's not what El Dorado is. It's a in Uncharted. El Dorado Ooh. is a sarcophagus made of gold. Oh yeah, and it had the <laughs> um, it had all the gold coins and stuff inside of it, or all the gold inside of it. It also had like a poison, I think. Yeah, it turned um, it turned people into uh, into zombies. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a really weird adventure. The Nazi zombies were my like, favorite. Nazi Not really. They were really scary. <laughs> this took a turn. So, like, um, the other one that I always thought was interesting is the Spirit of Longinus. Did some research for it. Yes, again, these are all, all feature episodes coming up. 
Um, but the Spear of Destiny, or the Spear of Linguinus, depending on who you're talking about, too, um, there was always a, a a story that it's passed around to um, and to different warlords and conquerors and even Hitler at some point. And the thing with that is that these are take two different different takes. The Holy Grail Ooh. is always placed into a story that's defined as something that brings life. That's something that uh, does good. Okay, it's always used for like. In Indiana Jones, it's used to help bring uh, resurrect his uh, bring back his father after he gets horribly shot. Um, it's used to keep a knight alive for hundreds of years, but the knight is stuck with protecting the Grail in order to make sure somebody's worthy to use it. The spear, on the other hand, takes a different turn. That spear is considered as e as evil or related to something uh, terrible because it's what killed Jesus um, and. When it does that, um, it takes a whole meaning for it. There's also, I always did love it um, later on to where someone studied, uh, was like, um, didn't, well, I'll always say, didn't Hitler have a have the spirit of guidance? And the, the answer to that question is technically yes and technically no, because there's also technically more than one spear <laughs> that has to deal with popes. Um, but yeah, so moving on from that. So certain items are basically ba uh, came up with from a situation or something famous. In this case, like a famous person that has that. Like um, Zombie Hand was listening. Um, there is Excalibur. Most people know Excalibur because our King Arthur uses it. Not a whole lot of people know, like, well, more people will know that what Excalibur is than actually know some of the lore, like who right. Arthur's father is or... Uther. Uther. Uther, Uther Pendragon. But the sort of Excalibur is a story that almost everybody knows that did exist. Disney made a movie out of it. That makes it official. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> makes it official that Disney jacked it. Like Disney made a movie about it. So uh -huh. That means that the story happened. I'm, I mean, if the mouse According says it happened, I, I mean, who's to argue with Michael Mouse? What? I've never heard of this. Like, like, Disney it, made okay. a movie? I'm in. Guess we'll do it again. <laughs> Michael Mouse. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's Michael now. Michael. Oh. Uh, now keep your mouth shut. <laughs> so with this, um, <laughs> hope the boss doesn't come after me. Um, so one thing that comes up is that these are just uh, stories that are about people. So what if I told you that you could have an artifact that exists and because of when it happened. So when you have an artifact, it shows up because of a time period, something that's symbolic of that time period. Oh, example? Like the Renaissance? Yeah, let's take the Renaissance for it. Um, a Michelangelo painting? A Michelangelo painting. Or a painting that has secret codes like that book. What? Oh, the uh, Da Vinci Code? The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, I try to forget that that exists. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. Huh. We could potentially talk about it. It's more of we might talk about that, but you know exactly. That's true. Oh man, the ball, <laughs> the ball's already. We're rolling. talking about it now. Ew, uh, you're right, Leo. You brought it up. I did, but yeah. So like, you have items that are significant based upon events, things that happen. Um, like this. If I was to tell you what's the gun that won the West, because it's the time frame of the of the. Western faction, you probably already have an idea of what that weapon is. 
I don't. Maybe I do, and I just don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, oh, that was a Winchester rifle, right? That's the one. Oh. Yeah, so it just is synonymous with that time frame. Um, another example of that is um, if you hear a story about the start of World War Two, or sorry, World War One, the guy who, um, whenever the the guy who assassinates Archduke Ferdinand, it always starts with a story of him eating a sandwich at a deli, and then but right before the car breaks down in front of his his spot, and he assassinates huh? him. There's no evidence to show that he actually ate a sandwich; it's just there. But you always have that story on it. It's one of those things that comes out of like legends for it. Like, if you take even a beginner's class in uh in the Crusades, the first thing they tell you is that they uh, someone shouts Deus Volt, but there's nothing that shows that somebody actually shouted the words Deus Volt. But yeah, so you can have it synonymous for a time frame. Um, from good, some bad. Like, um, an interesting one is the space shuttle. Is usually this uh not space shuttle, shuttle? Sorry, the um what is it called the Hatch the thing at the top of a rocket when they uh, during the space program. The rocket nose. The what? The thing on the nose, like it has Come a on, name. I'll Google it. The nose. Ah, excellent. <laughs> the nose goes. Nose goes over there. It's the nose. Hold on, I'm gonna Google this. Top <laughs> of a rocket for NASA, not NASCAR. <laughs> NASA. <laughs> No, no, for NASA. Pilots. I mean, NASCAR. God. What is it called? It's <laughs> a very thorough route. Okay, I, I think I need to reword this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that's going to bother me. Space rocket payload? No. Guidance propulsion? No. The, the, nose the cone is snoot. one of them. The, the nose. Snoot, so the you can snoot. boot it. <laughs> the nose cone. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a nose cone. It's the top. That's where the nose is. <laughs> nose cone? Really? No, it's called a nose cone. Ooh. The, the mm -hmm. payload system is in... Yeah, the payload system and the guidance system are in the nose Those cone. Those things are tiny, too. Like, um, the limb is another but... good one. Or, uh... Or acid wash jeans. You have those in the 80s all the time. <laughs> it's technically an artifact. Don't forget the... Don't forget the mullet. That's an artifact. Uh, it shouldn't be. Should be. <laughs> <But> it... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear just like, God! Just like the um, late eighties, shoulder pads. Ben and I have been benching the Golden Girls, and we just we just see the progression of it. Didn't really start, and then the peak of like oh, man. all of them look like fucking rectangles and wings, and then finally it's starting to come down where it's not. So everyone looks like a rectangle <laughs> oh my god whoever whoever and i say this as a costumer <laughs> whoever decided to put shoulder pads and clothing for things other than like i don't even know it, they're, they're ugly okay there's no justification they're I ugly mean, oh <laughs> well it's just like it's just like bullet bras in the like 50s and 60s and stuff like bullet bras i feel are just a travesty now but you know it happens I will, I will only accept a bullet bra if it has an actual gun and bullet, bullets in it. And then I can be like the fucking fake boss from Austin Powers. Which is yes, and you can just... The fem boss? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Alright, Leo. You just yes. got you just yes. got a new episode. We need something on bullet... on 
a bullet bras <laughs> is a 20th century fashion artifacts oh, and God. we demand mullets shoulder pads and that, bullet bras. that actually would be a really neat topics of conversation you know i know everybody does a lot of like fashion <laughs> crap through the years but it's like why don't we dissect that a little bit more mullets shoulder pads and bullet bras how did we get here it's like mm-hmm. we i talk about the goods let's talk about the worst <laughs> things no, no good and I mean, worse i wanted to do um fashion design for a long time <laughs> i wanted to do I wanted to do fashion design and costume design for a long time, so I looked into a lot of that when I was younger. There is, like, planned, like, because we uh, we planned ahead, um, there is a couple of legendary artifacts that are fashion-based. I get, to, I get to do two of them. Yeah, you get to do two of them. One's on... I picked them. It's tackier than hell, and one sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, can I say... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Elvis's it. Elvis's sequin jumpsuit and the um, checkered checkered suits or checkered sh- shirts, checkered and plaid um, designed suits. Because, like, if you look up CD car salesman, go ahead, try Google CD car salesman. I guarantee you, they're wearing some weird checkered suit. <laughs> also, I'm googling it right now. Yeah, go for it. There's, in fact, oh my god, yes. yes. <laughs> One of the first pictures is Danny DeVito from Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot until I saw that picture. Like, oh, yeah, Matilda's dad was a was a car salesman and not a good one. He's a cheat. But yeah, that is your like standard look for just completely almost like a plaid checkered suit. And there's an important reason that they wear that. It's just now it's associated with a with just seedy car salesman or the 70s. You know, <laughs> you know, both. And it's like, but what about the history of plaid? Oh no, that's there actually is a super huge history Scott, of plaid dating back to the times of the Scots. Of that, um, they uh, it determines your clan. That's like basically their flag is their plaid. Yes, folks, I know huh. an awful lot of these things, which makes sense since I wrote and researched uh, since I researched ninety percent of everything in the legendary artifacts and the legendary creature stuff. I looked up a lot of things to the point that I have no, that I always <laughs> I'm playing with. I wonder what Google wants to advertise to me today. All right. Let's see where you, where you're going at with this one. It's like, in conclusion, I've looked up a lot of things. <laughs> now, an interesting take for an legendary artifact, which is kind of something that now this is specific to storytelling, um, is that they don't e- truly exist. They're made up for a story. They're a MacGuffin. And for those who don't know what a MacGuffin is, it's essentially an item or object that doesn't matter. It gets the plot going. It's it gets the plot going. It gets the plot moving. Like we have a legendary artifact on this one. There was an episode of of from our friends at good friends at podcast of Poseidon who did this. So let's see. Do you know what's like the probably the most famous MacGuffin ever made? I'll give you a hint. It's Greek. Hmm. Uh. The, oh, I know this one. Um, it's the Golden Fleece. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner over here. The Golden Fleece does absolutely nothing. It does nothing. It it heals. No, no. Doesn't it heal? That's added in from later storytelling. So the original Golden Fleece story, no, it does nothing. In fact, it shows up of act like one and a half of this five-act play about Jason and the Argonauts. And that's mostly about Jason. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I, I thought it was Icarus's wings, but I was wrong. No, Icarus's wings definitely contribute a lot oh, yeah. to the story. Um, like a big old MacGuffin is um, the money in Psycho. In fact, until I oh. rem- until I re- I heard about this, like. Oh yeah, there's a whole thing of stolen money in Psycho. Yeah, that's not the movie. That's just it gets you there. Actually, if you stop and think about it too hard, it's um there's an awful lot of briefcases in uh money filled briefcases that are used as a MacGuffin. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like from dusk till dawn. That's how that that whole thing started. Listen, I just really want <laughs> in a briefcase. I just really want some money. Is that so bad? Yeah. Well, you go for money. Okay, let's take dusk to dawn. You go from robbing a bank. You get money in this briefcase. You go across the border. Vampires. Vampires are now a thing that you have to... Listen, I'm not saying that that it's good. I'm just saying I want the money. I'm just saying, uh, for any of these stories, it does not work out well for everybody there. You get money, you put it in the briefcase, you take the briefcase out, and guess what? Now you have to deal with a, a psycho killer that you're staying in the hotel. Or, you know what? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Some Tarantino stuff. Who gets to do it twice with the same thing? <laughs> oh yeah. So like, you have a briefcase. <laughs> you replace money with diamonds, and we I and now that that that's been changed up, and then all of a sudden every criminal who went after the uh, diamonds, a uh, heist gone horribly, horribly wrong, and no one gets Jeez. the diamonds back at all. Um, and that's your that's that's Reservoir Dogs. There you go. Enjoy that. But then that briefcase comes back again in Pulp Fiction. And is everything going to be fine? No, Marvin gets shot in the face. By accident. <gasps> no, Marvin! No. Oh no, I shot Marvin in the face! It was an accident. Oh my god. Accident, schmaccident. Yeah, so like, if I'm in the... I would like my funds to be not briefcase oriented. It does not work well. But yeah, basically made up for the story. That's but about we, it. But we needed his feedback about burgers, though. <laughs> Now, remember, something has to be culturally significant to be an artifact. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's a legendary. Legendary means it's super cool. It just adds a cool factor for it, which is probably why they just keep putting these things in um, stories and such. Now, I wonder, do you guys know of any like series or movies or such that they just keep throwing artifacts over and over again at you? Librarians. I was open. I probably don't. I don't know anything offhand, but probably supernatural. <laughs> and it's like, man, their whole show is all about artifacts. It's like, so what are we doing now? Grail skulls. Just like, uh, well, well let's see. We're uh, we need a bamboo blessed uh, by Shinto priest. Like, not again. You can just trump that. <laughs> now remember, you could also use a wood chipper. Just throw them in there. Call it a day. Oh yeah. Uh, I just was so happy that you said librarians because I didn't. Uh, that was I was one of the few people who knew about that series. It was crazy it's like i i loved it i really did i i haven't seen all of it but the ones i've seen it was it was pretty fun i highly suggest it it's it's very different but yeah it goes over artifacts and stories and i was like oh this is interesting i love it the only one i can remember is excalibur Mm -hmm. which takes a weird train because excalibur in that you just use it to practice sword fighting that's about it (laughs) It does like yeah. I know some of those <laughs> artifacts they kind of take a lot of sort of the mystique mm-hmm. out of it, and it's more fact based, but it's still magical. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. There's one of my favorite series that does basically artifact mm-hmm. MacGuffin of the week 
is uh, Warehouse 13. And that show doesn't get enough praise as it is. Um, and oh Warehouse 13 is amazing. They have like all these artifacts and they just put them in. the. But because they do weird stuff, their goal is to find the artifact, get it out of the public eye and lock it away so nobody can do, can t- see them again. Some of them can be brutal. Some of them just seem fun. Like, um, oh. so, and some of them seem brutal and fun. You um, are the only other person I know of that knows what Warehouse 13 is. Because I watched that shit back in the olden days. You, in the old times. When I was just... <laughs> when my I was sister... Just, I say, when my I was sister just and her boyfriend. Baby, baby moon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Baby me, baby me. <laughs> my sister and her boyfriend watched the shit out of that show too. Yeah, I, I, also, I was gonna say when you were in your first moon phase. <laughs> oh, ah. oh, shut up. Oh, <laughs> it's like ah. Oh, I like Sammy was not about it, but me and <laughs> me and Leo were like, "That's cute." I made it funny. It's because I live with him, and I'm kind of immune to his shit. No, it's cute. It is cute. I love it. I adore it. Oh. One of my favorite artifacts in there, like they sometimes they just throw out artifacts like left and right. One of my favorite ones is from the um, there was an ex- expedition in the Arctic Circle, and what they recovered from that was a can of uh, sardines. And they're like, I don't think you understand. And the guy, the uh, Artie, I think he's like the curator, but he's basically their boss. Just goes, goes, hey, look, then somebody asked him, hey, look, a can of sardines. Listen. There was a two troops that go up to this Arctic Circle, and they did not, and they were starving uh, to death. They would are uh, freezing to death. They were uh, everyone had hyper pneumonia, and even they had the smart sense to never open this can of tuna. And then, meanwhile, somewhere in Scandinavia, it's like this is a delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, oh no, God. it's probably super evil, but see, it's literally evil sealed in that can. No. Listen, in Scandinavia, they eat evil for breakfast. I don't know if that's true, but it's it feels accurate. No, no, that's true. But that that's what uh, that's what Zombie Hand told me, and that's I believe. Yeah. Um. Don't also don't fact, there's like a... don't fact check me on that one. I like being right. <laughs> and that's like, well, none of us are denying it. So it's like, wait, wait, we gotta we gotta appease our Scandinavian audience if we have any. <laughs> What is it? They have a bunch of them. Like some of them are really fun. Uh, I love the disco ball that uh, from Studio Fifty Four, where if you bought, uh, you bounce light off of it, you're immediately high. That's just what it does. And where is Studio Fifty Four? Uh, New York City. Studio Fifty Four was a studio, oh, was a dance club in New York City, and it was notorious for being just filled with ecstasy to a point that its nickname was Wonderland. Um, celebrities would come in. Just random people would come in. They have, uh, there's a person, they that someone in there that's basically, they let her in. Her name is the Disco <laughs> Grandma. Oh my. And it was just nothing but euphoria in that place. Um, And they essentially shut it down because they're pretty certain that they scammed something like uh, millions and millions of dollars. Um, There's one that I know that li- uh, to, this is done that has nothing but artifacts everywhere in that. What? What? So. Uncharted? Oh, no. Uncharted, that is also true. But you can also do uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. There's, I wouldn't say everywhere, but there are certainly artifacts. Assassin's Creed's take a weird turn. Essentially, they, like, take an uh, an artifact that exists and replaces it with their crazy parties of Eden system. It's like, Assassin's Creed, we like our history Easter eggs. (laughs) 
that's that's the funnest part of doing that sometimes it's a history easter egg um i liked in um uh, it was some assassin's creed i want to say brotherhood i think um yeah uh brotherhood i don't think it was revelations but um the character sean would like talk to you about the um about the various artifacts and he was just like he was just a salty susan about a lot of it and it was so funny <laughs> he, he just had a he just had a salty yeah he was really fun and uh yeah i liked i liked him but he would like when you found something that was historically relevant he would um he would like butt in and and talk to you about it he was like oh my look what you found oh let's see what we got here now and just like out of out yeah. of nowhere, and he was British, so. <laughs> and you're just here, it's like, listen, Sean, I love having this conversation, but I'm also trying to um learn how to parkour without dying. So if you can get, give me the history lesson <laughs> a little later, I'm busy right now. Yeah, that was fun. Those games are fun. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I like. Anyway, anyway. so let's go to the <laughs> second half of this storyline, which is what is a legendary creature? So if you apply the same storytelling logic, you would uh, then people have creatures that just sort of exist. Uh, Medusa, um, your gore, uh, your get off of the Gorgons. There's more than one creature out there. Cyclopses, <laughs> your dragons, zombies. Ooh, so does that mean that like, like vampires, ghosts, and all those supernatural ones? Basically, yeah, they're all creatures. Creatures basically is, uh, by its definition, is mo- is something that's living or moving around and such on its own. It's power. like, hey, but not, mostly they're living. Like, hey, you're not human. Or as we sort of dumbed it down, is it moving? Or does it? Uh, is it like an animal? Close enough. Yeah, it's a creature. We'll throw it in there. <laughs> uh, some of them that we bump into, like things are, uh, like sometimes they're just myth and stories that run around there. Uh, like um, Medusa's a pretty good one, and I can't tell if it's simply just because they just made Medusa up for the story. Most likely, they just did um, because Medusa deals with Perseus. Like the weird thing about it is that Perseus is just sort of bails, and Medusa's sisters are like, "Well, we tried." And it's like you know. If I was Medusa, I too would just want people to leave me alone. Yeah, she... Medusa's story always makes me sad. Her story is really sad. Really tragic. It is. She didn't deserve any of that. No, people suck. (sighs) I I will say her getting her head chopped off, that's how we got the Pegasus. Yay. Hmm. That, that, that's kind of what happened, is they chopped her head off, and then a winged beast, a horse, Pegasus thingy, just kind of crawled out and that's how it came to be yeah just just comes right out that i mean this is also the uh, same mythos where one of the biggest horn dogs in old mythology is just like you know this mind green's really killing me oh what up daughter <laughs> what up new kid it's like huh well i guess that's another way to go about it listen she was not gonna stay in there any longer oh god and that's how you get Athena. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, Greek mythology did Mpreg before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But you, you have things like, um, like almost every culture has their own version of dragons. That I always thought oh, was kind of weird. Oh, yes. But 
But, but it's just, I mean, like, don't stories when they just go by just kind of have, like, different variations depending on where you go to? Yeah, but it's why, it's the reason why dragons are so, like, like, um, like, everybody has a dragon story, which is why you can make a dragon centered out of almost any mythology. And this is also why um, people theorize that dragons really did exist, because cultures that never interacted with each other until more modern times had similar i mean maybe not maybe their dragons looked different but they had a similar idea about dragons like someone going through is like hey hey y'all want to explain this level of consistency through all these years <laughs> I, actually, I actually kind of done a lot of research on this and the theory more plausible theory is that there was just a bunch of several places there was just prehistoric like alligators or crocodiles or there might have been a giant prehistoric salamander or something that is like really a long eagle long e i can't say words elongated there we go so nice. i got budged up for a sec <laughs> uh just elongated like some type of serpent that's where like the the chinese and the korean got this and then after over time is there's all these stories and then as time goes on uh those creatures become less and less because of environment or food or whatever so that's not exciting. So then they have to start embellishing it with all sorts of other stuff. Oh, yeah, this is a magical dragon. And, oh, hey, it breathed fire that one time. Yeah, <laughs> just trust me. It totally breathed fire. Once upon a time, it went, rawr, then everything burned down. Hey, and it, it's like also the water dragons and whatnot and just, just the big crazy shit. Just... Those were just their theorized again. It's like it's a prehistoric aquatic dinosaur. Oh, like Nessie. Yeah, kind of like Nessie, except you know, different variation. So that's what, from my research, that's where the plausibility comes in. But people just dressed it up to be this big, beautiful thing, which is awesome. It keeps the stories alive, but. It's, it's kind of nice to think that they did exist. They just didn't exist as fantastical as, it's well, like myself. Did, but, you know. It's like, ha. Huh? It's like they existed in their own fantastical way. And then it they just kind of. They weren't Yeah, they weren't. Uh, they weren't. That's why I say they're fantastical. Because we're big fans of them. Yay. <laughs> Speaking of um things that have been, like, translated like that. um One of the weirdest pieces of research I found is. One of the reasons why so many cultures have, know about the uh, about unicorns is technically a mistake, a typo. So there was a horn, a single horn type of creature that they have in past in um, uh, in the Persian and, and Middle East area, and so when the uh, when the Bible was being written, the Bible uh, originally the Bible had those described. But in different regions and such, the most common version of the Bible is the King James version of the Bible. The thing with that is they don't have a word. They couldn't figure out how the word to describe that animal. So they accidentally put in the word unicorn on it. And since the King James version of the Bible is the second, uh, or the Bible is what the second, what, most read book in the world? What's the first? Kind of just, oh, um, Euclid. 
it's a thing about uh, mathematics. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, just more copies of it there. But I think the Bible has more copies. Um, but anyway, it is basically all, uh, uh, because that book has been around everywhere. Now we just have, hey, there's a unicorn. It's, it, what's interesting about that, because you, know, you are having me do the unicorn research, is they're based, the unicorn was based off a ancient rhino. Yeah, let's see if I can, from my notes, the Elasmatherium Sibiricum, which, and they lived in, you know, Siberia. So, you know, just one horn coming out of its head. And so, but because, as you say, it was in the Bible, people are mistaking that creature as some, quote, like, uh, I want to say biblical uh, ancient, I can't say words today. I'm so sorry. I'm a terrible podcaster. <laughs> uh, like, like an You're angelic creature because, oh, it's in the Bible. It must be heavenly. It must be this. And because of that, I feel like, you know, oh, well, virgins are holy. That's why the unicorn, you can summon a unicorn with a, a virgin. Or, oh, well, that's, they're, they're in the Bible. They should be white. They don't, I don't know where that, like, the let. The, the lion tail or the cloven hooves came from, but just on the, again, the plausibility of these creatures existing, that's what I can just have pieced together ever so slightly. It's like, okay, they saw this prehistoric creature, they put it in the Bible, people got, oh, it's in the Bible, it must be a heavenly creature, and then I feel like, you know, again, that's where the, the white color comes from, and the being summoned by the quote-unquote pure virgins of the world. And it's just, it's just really neat how something from so long ago still lives to this day, but it's so fantastical how it happens. Oh my god, I love it! Oh yeah. There's other things that are out there, like sirens, like almost Every myth has a thing about sirens, like, it's just the notorious thing of, yep, being tricked by a siren, that's just what happens. Ah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was frozen, too. The song of the siren calls me. Which is funny, because, like, <laughs> all the, um... Yeah, Dante's Inferno has a big listing on why there are so many why we depict demons as they do and uh dante's uh what is it there's inferno no paradiso the third book in that is one of the reasons why we have angels more human-like especially with renaissance paintings because the original i always love the joke uh, um the original uh, uh picture of a, a <laughs> description of an angel just goes oh Sir, and as we can detest from our friend Rob, just says, if you read any of those, well, almost every time any time an angel shows up in the Bible somewhere, the first thing out of that guy's mouth is, hey, uh, be not afraid. And, it's like, and then you start wondering, why? And it's like, well, let's look at the description. A thousand eyes, at least 16 wings. It's on fire. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, let's see what else we have here. Oh, about the size of a semi-truck. So... <sighs> Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give a warning out too. <laughs> be, be not afraid, sir. This is the most terrified I have been in my entire life. <laughs> it's like you know, you're not a very good. Um, you're not a very good negotiator because now I'm just freaking out. I said, don't be afraid. <laughs> <You> said it. 
<laughs> it's like, literally, I would have accepted peekaboo a whole lot more than that. Your pep talk does mean nothing. I will say every time I see something about an angel being like, be not afraid, and it's that crazy stuff that the Bible describes, and then they're afraid, and then I think of that meme at the, the soccer, the Persian guy with his hands on his hips, kind of just giving you that, oh my god, are you serious <laughs> look? That's... That is how I picture the angels when we're like, be not afraid. Oh my god, ah! What did I just say? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I said not to be afraid. And it's like... I said, I said, be not afraid. Ugh. So here's a thought on this. Do you count a legendary creature as a person? Like, a famous historical person who's done famous historical things. Like, say... Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be more of a legendary person? That's what I'm saying. Wouldn't that be more of, like, a legendary creature? I think you... I think... Yeah, I... Oh, I thought you said artifact. I was like, no? <laughs> it's like, they're not... They're, they're not objects, Leo. <laughs> they're not a... That's not a rock! Oh, but yeah, but if you equate it to people, you still have the, uh, someone that's really famous, like Blackbeard Pirate or Gilgamesh. <laughs> Gilgamesh. I generally, f I generally feel like that would just be its own category of like legendary like people, because creatures just feel like feels like more of a broad term of just like non-human, non-human like things, or like when you say. Well, then I think we're gonna get into some some sticky stuff like. Well, I mean, because, like, the Minotaur, but, I mean, I guess the Minotaur is also half bull. And it's like, what what, what separates, like, what defines it as an actual creature? And then it's like, okay, you're not a creature. It's like, I gotta be a little more with you. <laughs> We're only gonna talk about the, the, the what half of them, not the other half. <laughs> that, that'll solve that. Well, sometimes you can get some crazy people out there, like Rasputin, who's been shot, stabbed, poisoned. Clubbed. And drowned. Clubbed. Mm -hmm. thrown thrown in a river a freezing river in, in I think the middle of winter where he should by all rights have gotten pneumonia and instead he drowned <laughs> or hypothermia yeah. of all the or hypothermia Cause, and, and that's not one of those things that we could say hey this is just elaboration no they found the bullets and the stab wounds and the, and the stuff in his body by all rights, he should have died three kills it's ago. Like, he listen, is your unkillable this, boss. Yeah. This isn't one of those. Is it theoretical? Look at him. Look at this. It's like it looks. If it was in modern times, you it looks like someone just threw him in a giant blender. He looks like he went through every single Saw game and somehow still walked. He's here for Saw one through four. Who does that? Um. It's like. No, uh, okay, I thought you had more, Ben. <laughs> no, uh, also, I was more, uh, that's what I was actually just going through my mind. Just like, man, how do you go through more? It's like, how do you lose multiple Saw games, but still end up in a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we're going to have to take a step on to for this, as far as legendary creatures goes, is step into cryptids. There's something that's kind of Oh, different. God. Yeah, you got Sam there. I'll, I'll stay quiet for these ones. <laughs> Ooh, I do love me a good. So when I was in, uh, when I was in, um, my coding class, uh, we were starting to program an app, and I wanted so badly <laughs> to do, uh, 
uh, I, I pitched it and it Please. made it to like round two of the votes, but then it didn't get voted on again. <gasps> um, I wanted to build a an app that would hunt cryptids. But it was like, it was not really so much as like it didn't hunt cryptids. It was more like, um, like you put in your location and like, oh, we're going to be staying at this hotel or whatever. And, <laughs> and then it tells you what are the local cryptid legends and stuff around that area. Yeah, cryptids get kind of, I think that is fun. So I, I don't know. I like cryptids. Oh, and then also, um, so when you're building something like that, you tend to use what's called an API, which is just an online database you can pull information from. Um, and what was really great was um, there is actually all, and, and just so you know, like most apps will use an API, whether it's self-built or used by somebody else. So like they're very common. Um, but uh there's actually um, a, a work in project or work in progress. It hasn't been updated in a long time, but there's already an, an API in the works for cryptids. <laughs> and I was so excited because I wanted to pull from it, but yeah. It, it Isn't there a thing like, uh, no, I just needed a writer of it. Wasn't there like this set of stories for cryptids that had like a lab that was basically storing all these cryptids and things in it? Oh, the, the SPC, SPC, yeah. SCP or S oh. SCP. Yeah, sorry. SCP. Oh my god. Yeah, secure, contain, protect. SCP isn't really for cryptids, but it's for a bunch of other different crap that would could be considered cryptids. Yeah, I think that if you wanted to, if you wanted to go down that route, you could say SCPs. But I, I feel like there's already so much SCP coverage that I don't think you could really get away with doing like a, like a. I don't, I don't know. I feel like you would really have to make an argument for doing SCPs or maybe just do one episode on SCPs. There's there's so much coverage for them. Well, so cryptid, it's like for that, um, for SCPs, I probably will not do an episode for it, but cryptids are basically, what, mostly just mythological monsters that people, like everyone says they saw one. Like, lo like local lo legends Mostly local legends, stuff. right? Yeah. The Jersey Devil. Um, the Yeti. Was it the Gator Man or something? Hold on. Gator Man. Half Gator, half man. Matt, I feel like we could just have a whole series on just SCPs. Yeah. Well, no, so those that's not an SCP. Those aren't... I don't feel like we should touch SCPs, If in my personal opinion. Yes, Gator Man. No, SCPs is that... And that's uh, and that's fine, but this is more about cryptids and sort of their origin. They're just basically local legends that just keep showing up. Mothman, my favorite Mothman, because I love Mothman. 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 Isn't Batboy a cryptid? Like from those uh, National Enquirer. Um, what? Who? What? National Enquirer is like the it was. Wasn't this, that one of those tabloid um, things? Oh, I was gonna say those. That... Yeah, it's one of the tabloid things, and like every so often. Batboy shows up and like, is that a cryptid or is that just a thing? Oh, can I tell you my absolute favorite um, National Enquirer cover I ever saw? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so it it said, <laughs> God, I love this so much. Um, it said, uh, none divorces God and sues for half the universe. <laughs> I 
wish that had been a time. I wish that had been a time when, like, I was in high school. So if there was a camera on my phone, it was a pile of garbage. But my God, I remember seeing that and I was like, I want to buy that, but I was like a teen, like in high school, and my favorite, my like my favorite time, uh, <laughs> some media or something show dealt with a cryptid was like in um, oh, what was it? It's uh, use my words, uh, Gravity Falls. Oh man, so, now, Gravity Falls generally has other cryptids, but I love this one because it's basically their Nessie knockoff. <laughs> and and Dipper's there. He goes, all right, let's say that we're trying to take a picture of a cryptid. How do we do this? All right, uh, Zeus, could you, like, demonstrate? And he just does the same pose of, like, Bigfoot and how he's about to just walk into the a convenient oh. um, <laughs> bush somewhere. He's like, where's my camera? Oh, no, I don't have my camera. See, that's the problem that we have here. Don't worry. That's why I have 17 cameras. <laughs> And weren't they, like, all out of film or something? <laughs> no, uh, it's one reason or another he kept losing cameras. Like, one of them got picked up by an eagle. One of them, like, um, got thrown. God, Zeus was just an experience. I, like, fed it to the... One of them had to be fed to the Loch Ness Monster. One of them... Oh, I think only one of them actually ran out of film. Like, <laughs> everything else had weird things happen to it. Oh, I remember. I remember that. Like he dropped his one in the uh, the lake, and that's how you got the Loch Ness monster picture. <laughs> yes, and it's like, oh god, what? Uh, uh, I think there was also one that was dumb. Where because he sues, I want to say it was Dipper. Just like, oh man, we gotta catch up. We gotta we gotta drop some weight. Oh, I can just drop out some of these cameras here. Just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is why we can't get a picture to Loch Ness monster. So that's the question here. Is a cryptid technically the same as a legendary creature? I'd say yes. The legend's just not nearly as, you know, potent. It's not as big as, say, the Leviathan, but your local legend still works, right? I agree. I agree, and I agree with you, and I will tell you why. I will tell you why I agree with you. Um, did anybody watch the movie The Mothman Prophecies, <sighs> Richard Greer? I've heard of that. Okay. So. No. So, in that movie, the reason why people wanted to know about the Mothman and whatnot is it was portrayed that he could predict calamities or catastrophes. So Richard Greer had, basically has a conversation with him over the phone and, and, what, and he tells him, this bridge is going to collapse. So he tries to tell everybody, hey, the bridge is going to collapse, it's going to collapse, and it doesn't, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. And then the bridge collapse. Because... He's like, well, you predicted, and oh god, I can't remember the ending, but I think he said something to the effect of like, "How did you predict that?" And Mothman's like, "Well, because I'm Mothman, peace." I'm out. That's not accurate. <laughs> That's not accurate, of course. But Listen. it's like they're portraying him. They portrayed him as having these mystical powers of uh, future sight. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm just saying if if Mothman showed up to me and said that burnt or that bridge is gonna collapse <laughs> i would assume it's because he was gonna do it and i would just take him seriously so the mothman just has a bunch of self-fulfilling prophecies because he's the one that does it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of what i always say it's like is he just being a troll or is he actually trying 
to help people? Because that's another thing, is it's kind of ambiguous of if he's doing it to be benevolent or if he's just being a dick. <laughs> well, okay, so, like, he could also have the problem of, like, Cassandra. You know, it doesn't matter who... I was actually gonna make a... I was gonna make a reference to Cassandra um, and how nobody actually believes her. Yeah, that's that's Cassandra's curse, isn't it? She... Yeah, she no, she'll she can see the future, and her predictions will come true. But she's cursed to nobody believing her. Oh, oh, that oh, sucks. Jeez. Yeah, so she has all these things come to pass, and uh, nobody believed her ever. Did you ever watch? Um, it was a small other uh, thing, and they dealt with uh, cryptids and legendary creatures, like Hercules, the animated series, for a little bit that Disney had. Bro, I just thought of that. You, it, it, Zombie Hand said Cassandra, and then that made me think of. Wait a second, I wonder if that's the same Cassandra from the Hercules mm-hmm. TV show that I love so much. It, it is. It is. It is. She is from Greek she, mythology, yeah. so yeah, that would make sense. Oh, I never realized <laughs> that. Oh yeah, I. I was to I was today's year old when I realized that she was an actual Greek mythology person. So that that series is fun because it does it handles with a bunch of Greek characters and creatures all over the place that Hercules has to deal with. Adonis is in that, so you know the guy is supposed to be perfect. Um, and uh, Poseidon, Hades, of course, and uh, oh, what is it? One of my favorite things is like basically they'll touch everything into greek mythology except for that one episode when they had a crossover with uh with aladdin oh <laughs> i love oh, that episode wasn't it with yeah aladdin? yes my personal favorite is what uh, uh, a scene in that is uh so uh jafar is because jafar is sent to hell basically let's face it jafar went to hades because he did bad stuff and so uh, Jafar is convincing him to uh, Hades to help him capture his nemesis, Aladdin, and he'll try to help him capture uh, a Hercules. And so he's like, okay, so how are we going to track get uh, get ahead of Aladdin? So they lay a bunch of bananas all in a row, and they watch as the boo just walks by, uh, oh he just comes by, woo, banana, picks it up, then goes to the next banana, picks it up, goes to the next banana, picks it up, and then gets captured. And they're like, all right, now we're gonna have to deal with uh, Hercules' friends, but he doesn't have any animals <laughs> that help him. There's no way we can. We're gonna have to come up with something clever. And so they lay a bunch of bananas on the floor, <laughs> and uh, Icarus turns around and goes, "Oh man, a banana! Oh, oh look at this! Another oh my banana! God. Three bananas! I'm in potassium gold, baby! <laughs> Jesus!" <laughs> I remember that episode. What the hell? Oh my god, it is such a fine cartoon. I, can can I tell you my favorite episode? Yes. Okay, so it's I think it was the theater one where all the Greek gods came and Icarus gave them their Roman names, and you just you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> okay. So he's just like, he's this, 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 and goes the credits, and then it just kind of cuts to, like, an after-credit scene of Hades holding a paper saying, Pluto? They're calling me Pluto? I wouldn't even name my dog Pluto! Oh my god! Oh my god! 
Like, that's not breaking the fourth wall. That is straight, like, turned down for oh, the Kool-Aid uh, man first right through. And just, like, he- like, of course, Hades just burst a fire behind him. It's like, I'm not calm anymore. I'm like, oh, no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> so that brings up the next one. Do you guys know any series or shows or books or such that they should have a ton of these legendary monsters or creatures that pop up in there? Um, basically, anything with a Monster of the Week series, I think, does plays with that like you almost have always have your standard issue like minotaur episode you know you know now that we were talking about hercules and aladdin show i actually want to do a dive and see if i can find any legendary animals and shit in the aladdin tv series well i mean if we're gonna talk about creatures i mean wouldn't genie himself count as a djinn yes he's a djinn he's djinn yeah that's where genies are basically djinns um yeah, Aladdin, the, that series, actually did have a Minotaur, which I love it because the Minotaur comes out and does this. I am the Minotaur. I am the winner of 99 battles. Who dares to defeat me? And gets into a fight with Aladdin. He loses and then shows up at the end of the episode going, I am the Minotaur, winner of 99 battles and loser of one where I got my horn stuck into a wall. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's so much... Oh my gosh, my nostalgia wheels are turning. I'm thinking of all the episodes that I just absolutely... I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do it. Um, Leo, be prepared. You are going to have a list. Amongst the other, like, 16 lists of, of things. So, yeah. You will yeah. be lucky number 17. It's like, but we need more lists. More lists. But yeah, if they don't make it into a regular legendary uh, artifact or creature of gaming episode, then we'll definitely talk about them here on the podcast and just Yay. open it up for it. Which I think is a great way to to get our, us out of this mess. Um, does anybody have any kind of final thoughts about this? Personally, I could go on and on with legendary artifacts and creatures, but I'm a and and because I am a I'm a history nerd and and the mythology nerd and just a just a fun at trivia night nerd. Nerd. Love that for you. Ben, you are related to him. I don't even want to hear it. You know, you dork. I'm not denying that. <laughs> Look, I've seen how many uh, animes that you watch, and I've seen how many of these things show up in those animes, so. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, if, if we're going to go into a bunch of secrets, ben? like, I could just go down to One Piece, like, listen. Listen. There were multiple krakens that just hang out. <laughs> yeah, there are gigantic coins. Fucking, <laughs> they lust after women and smoke cigarettes and crap because it's one piece, and that just the whole anime just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but then we can also go into like you know the, the classical like Nantil fox. Which, That's a creature I by mean, itself. Fish people. Mm-hmm. You can go with Sun Wukong. Actually. Oh my god, yeah. The amount of animes that have references of Sun Wukong. All of them. All of them do. No. They're just the one big one. Eh. My final thoughts are, don't give up on your dreams, kids. If your dream is to meet the Mothman, don't give up. The Mothman might be there. Now, the Mothman might give up on you. That's... (laughs) No, he won't, because I am a child of his church. So, I will never give up my dream of finding Mothman. Oh, oh! Any other final thoughts for real quick? Mothman. Always tip your waiter. 
Aww. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for everybody listening for this first podcast, and I hope you enjoy this little EXP yes. boost. And this is Gaming Theater logging out. Bye. 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 Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is A Drinking Game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is made by Kayla Dawn. You can find her at facebook.com slash Kayla Dawn Draws. That's Dawn, D-A-W-N. If you want to send us some money to help with these episodes, you can do so at patreon.com slash gamingtheaterpresents. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.